welcome to Get Down and Get With It. It's a children's podcast, absolutely free to all children everywhere. You don't have to be a member of the fashion school at all. Uh, We like to speak to people who have different careers within the fashion industry. And today we have got a pattern cutter. And our pattern cutter is called Alice Dinsmore. And some of you may recognize her because she has taught with the fashion school. She's been mostly a freelance pattern cutter. So she'll explain exactly what that is uh, with lots of different companies, including Alexander McQueen. Uh, She's going to talk through her experiences today and answer your questions from a pattern cutter's point of view. Alice is not just a pattern cutter, but she's also um, a business owner. She went to Australia at the beginning of last year with her partner. And at that point, there were really awful bushfires. Then it went into lockdown. So she managed to create a really successful business throughout all of that. And so again, it's about making your own opportunities. Alice did her degree at Nottingham Trent University, uh, which is a different university from the ones that we've been talking about in London, but very, very important. And they get a very strong skills background too. So that has really opened eyes, I think, for people who come from different colleges and universities. One last thing, as a pattern cutter, or whenever you're creating patterns, always use scissors that you only use for paper. Don't ever think that those scissors will be able to cut fabric as precisely because paper blunt scissors. So have your fabric scissors quite separate from your paper scissors. Anyway, do enjoy it. It's a lot of information here and I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed speaking with Alice and connecting with her again. Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are, because today we have Alice Dinsmore, who is now living in near Sydney still, yeah? Yeah, Sydney, Australia. Yeah, a Brit who went out there at the height of, well, first of all, it was the fires, wasn't it? Yeah. That was mad enough, and then followed by a lockdown, and how she's uh, an extremely able and experienced uh pattern maker but she's also managed to start up her own business in the middle of lockdown and it's really successful and I can't recommend it enough it's called Unpicked and she teaches online classes and in-person classes but if you want to get your head around pattern cutting Alice is the woman okay anyway morning morning Alice or evening to you morning yeah it's evening here (laughs) (laughs) so first of all I'm going to ask you the question that all children want to know and all children want to know about you so it's what is your role within fashion and how did you get there um, as a pattern cutter and as a designer and as a businesswoman yeah so um, I'm a pattern cutter um, or pattern maker we call it in Australia (laughs) Um, and I studied textiles at um, school so that's kind of how I started I was always quite creative at home Um, used to yeah make things for my parents and my mum especially Um, but I studied textiles at school and college and then I went on to study fashion design at uni Um, and I actually applied for textiles and I got a place on a textiles course um, but I realized sorry to butt in yeah was that at Nottingham Trent yeah yeah Nottingham Trent so I'd applied for textiles everywhere but I got in at Nottingham Trent especially 
Brilliant. And you, before that, did you do an art foundation course? Yes, I did. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved my foundation course. And it was kind of on that course that I discovered that everything that I was doing and designing and creating was centered around the body. So I hadn't really, I think I hadn't applied for fashion design because I didn't imagine myself as a fashion designer. And I couldn't picture myself working in fashion I think I had a preconceived idea of what fashion might be and what a fashion course might be like and so potentially looking back I think maybe that had put me off so I kind of stuck with textiles I felt like that was more safe I'd been studying that um, but actually I realized especially on the foundation that everything kind of centered around the body and I think it's really important to just keep doing what you enjoy so even if you're listening to this and and you don't know kind of what career you want to do just keep sticking at what you're passionate about and what you enjoy and I kind of did that and that led me to um, fashion design so I had to yeah ring everyone they were saying there weren't any spaces ended up emailing the the head of year um, or head of the course for fashion design and I managed to get um, transferred onto that course um, and it was on that course that I was uh, it was at Nottingham Trent University so there's a huge focus on kind of manufacturing and um, we did like three hours pattern making a week we did three hours learning how to sew um, and really learning like in depth the kind of technical skills behind that mm. and it was on that course it was on that course that I yeah discovered pattern making I didn't know what it was before um and um yeah just for anyone that doesn't know what what pattern making is or pattern cutting um it's kind of the technical side of making clothes so I would get handed um a design from uh, a designer or from someone who might have their own business or just a, someone who personally wants something made um and it's uh, figuring out how to make that um, and I kind of describe it how if you've ever made like a, a net at school, it looks like a cross and you fold it up to make a cube. It's kind of like that, but for clothes. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was studying th at that and um, I knew I kind of enjoyed pattern making. I didn't know how that would then turn into a career. Um, but I did lots of internships uh, whilst I was studying. Where did you so uh, so my first one was at Roxanda, which was amazing and a great kind of insight into kind of luxury fashion. Um, and I also did one at Albam, which is based in Nottingham, and they were more kind of commercial. They had a few small stores, so kind of, um, yeah, kind of felt quite like a local brand, even though they were in London and Nottingham. Um, and then Oswald Helgeson, which was a, a small company, which was really great to see kind of the other side of luxury fashion, but in a small company and getting lots of responsibility. Um, and I got to work quite closely with pattern makers there, which was really great. Um, and I took a year out actually to, to study, uh, to work more. That's really helpful, isn't it? I think when you're doing a degree, if you're able to do a sandwich degree of any nature so that you can experience uh, the industry it's got to be better than sitting in a studio all day long pretending yeah yeah and, yeah uh, definitely yes and um sorry that was a really awful thing to say I didn't mean to say that I don't know why that came out as pretending not at all no learning your craft I'm so sorry um so <laughs> when would you say about uh internships 
what would you say what was the what was the hardest part of your internship and what was the best part and was it unexpected not as you thought yeah so um I think it's hard that you're just chucked in there and you feel like you might not know how to do things even if you do you're kind of questioning yourself because um you're in this company and you feel like yeah you're not ready for it but that's exactly why you should be doing internships um and what I would say is that a lot of the small jobs that you get asked to do um you might be running out grabbing threads or um doing something which you consider quite boring but actually um all of those small jobs I found really helped me later on so even if it was learning how to fold a box really quickly packing up things then later on in jobs you you just get on with it and then you're recognized just to be able to get on with it um and I think the things that I probably really enjoyed um I think it was just seeing how everything worked and and learning more about that and I and I would say that the small things which you're not enjoying or the boring tasks you might have a month of doing something that's super boring um or not you you might consider it boring but actually yeah it might be those small kind of nuggets of information you might overhear conversations um just absorb what's around you and that like for me those small moments made that last month of tracing patterns or whatever it was really worthwhile and and it's just so exciting to kind of be part of that so I just say stick with it and also look like you're interested in everything because that's when you'll get given those other jobs and more responsibility absolutely and and what you may consider boring at the time actually there are boring parts of fashion that we all have to do and uh you know and I mean it's it's not as though you you'd never need to pack a box again would it you know when you're doing your your own business so and these are you know life is like that kids you know it's not like you're going to arrive there and they're going to give you your own seat and your own you know design brief etc so, uh no not sadly the real truth is that you know there are lots of different jobs yeah and uh, the smaller the company the more you're going to get so i think that's a great thing to think about yeah 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 so I was yeah doing lots of internships and then when I graduated I um, applied for a job um, which was kind of advertised as an internship with a chance to kind of um, carry on and I ended up um, being studio manager and pattern maker for a small company called Stephen Ty. Um, so they show at London Fashion Week and um, they're kind of yeah luxury fashion so I learned a lot of my pattern making and pattern cutting whilst working um and kind of on the job so you you'll find that sorry I'm butting again yeah yeah yeah. yeah, that was women's wear um yeah so I did that for three years so I was head pattern making there and then moved on and went freelance and um I think it's great to be working with lots of different designers and with lots of different people and um companies and kind of every every person that you work with you learn something different and everyone's got their own styles and working with different pattern cutters um it was great to kind of yeah be freelance and it's really good to just um always be learning something new I think so for children who kind of thinking freelance freelance how does that work so tell us how that would work would you um did you belong to an agency were you on your own did you go out and search these things did you make your own opportunities people how did it work for a, for a child who kind of thinks well I quite like the sound of freelance 
Yeah. What what and how? Yes. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways. Um, you can go through agencies. So I was, I would recommend signing up to agencies because they're always. Um, it's good to kind of be connected to people. Um, it's good if you have been working before and you've kind of got contacts through that. Um, but the main way that I found work was actually just finding email addresses and just emailing people yeah. a portfolio. Um, so you can probably go on a website and find um, at and find what the kind of end of the email is and sometimes I would just be putting a designer's name in front or um, trying to find on LinkedIn someone or also you can there's lots of like online forms sometimes for bigger companies if you email an online web form you'll get an email back saying oh maybe you should uh, like I'll pass on your email to this person so you you do have to be creative um, with it and um kind of yeah go out and find your, your work um so freelance yeah you'll be working you could be working for lots of different companies at the same time or you might be contracted with one company for and they might say we want you for a couple of months some of them you might do lots of seasons with them and some of them might just want you for a week because they need some extra help so it it really varies um but I most of my work didn't actually come through agencies um but I think it does just depend Absolutely. And I think what you've said is something that we've heard from other people as well. And it's about making your own opportunities. Sitting there with a first degree is not necessarily going to get you anything. Sitting more than if you sat there with a failed degree, you've got to go out and make your own opportunities. It yeah. come to you. If it does, you're blooming lucky. And also yeah. the, the detective work as well, I think, to find out who you need to talk to. So like you say, putting yeah. down the at whatever company and then just putting their name in front of it and hoping. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I, I just kept a spreadsheet of all the ones which were kind of emails that I had contacts with and who'd replied and things like that. So that was useful to oh, always be able to draw on that. Good advice. <laughs> oh, God, I should do that. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for that in, internship bit. So then you, and then how you graduated and you started your career as a freelance pattern cutter. I know that all the children uh, listening to this will be thinking, well, who has she freelanced for? Have you freelanced for anybody? They may know the names. Yeah, so I freelanced for Alexander McQueen. Um, for a bit which was really great to see their process they work in a great way and it's super creative and lots of draping um, and then I've worked for um, some companies you might not have heard of but you could look up um, Ouna and Paper London, Taya, um, I worked at Stephen Ty as a freelancer which was lovely to kind of go back and work with a team that I knew and um, yeah they're the ones I can think of. Lovely. And uh, um, I know that with Paper London, I mean, you know, even when I, I think the name Paper, I immediately think about, uh, you know, the cutting of their garments and they are always very well um, cut, aren't they, in terms of the patterns? Yeah. Yeah. So um, excellent. Do look these labels up, children, because this is all about learning, not just hearing a big name that you recognise. Uh, but I thought I'd give Alice the opportunity to show off. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are. You're doing all of this. And then what happens? Um, yeah. And then I was working with you at the fashion school, which was amazing fun um, and really inspiring to be working with the kids. And um, I think it kind of kicked off me 
doing more things for myself and um um kind of yeah making things for myself because when you do a long day in a in the fashion industry you don't always want to get home and do it but just seeing what they all the kids were making was really inspiring and the summer fashion school was really great and um doing lots of zero waste and um also just the people that I was working with um was super inspiring and sadly had to leave that because I moved to um Australia earlier this or a year ago now so January um 2020 um yeah I was moved with my partner um through his work and um got here and the fashion industry is very different here a lot of the pattern making is offshore so they they don't do it in-house um so I work with uh, smaller brands startup brands individuals which is great because it's kind of different and I'm using a lot of my skills just in general of like knowing how a company works and the stages and kind of explaining a lot of that um and then I also have my own business teaching yeah pattern making and sewing um in Sydney amazing amazing would you say uh just as come my last question to you just because I think I know what um children will want to know and that is why pattern cutting or pattern making as you call it in Australia why do you if you are um why did you what appealed to you about it what was the the crux that really appealed to you yeah I think it's the uh kind of technical side of it um so I am quite mathsy and um I studied business and maths and textiles and they were the things that kind of I always enjoyed doing um, and this kind of I can use my creative side but I can also use kind of the technical side the math side and kind of combine the two um, I also love like problem solving and I love the challenge that uh, design brings and that pattern cutting brings and kind of whether it's getting the fit right or whether it's kind of making sure that design looks perfect to, to kind of what a designer wants or what I would want brilliant amazing and so now you're there and I, I don't think we're going to see you anytime soon, are we? <laughs> Not for a couple of years, no, but no, I will be back. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, in the intro, I'll tell you all about Alice and why we're so particularly fond of her. But now can I go on to the children's questions? Yeah. So, um, OK, so we've got here. That's that one. That's that, this what I do every time. I one pings off somewhere. Right. OK, let's start with question three. Is your company sustainable? Are you zero waste? And if so, how do you achieve this? And this is by Lila, who is 11. Oh. You probably remember Lila when you Yeah, definitely. Oh, she's a little star. Yeah. She is. She's great. Yeah, so um, I try to make my company as sustainable as possible. And I try, just in my practice, um, to be as sustainable as possible. Um, I am zero fabric waste within um, yeah, my own company and uh, working at home. Um, and I kind of achieve this in lots of different ways. So you can uh, do zero waste pattern cutting, um, which involves uh, kind of using all of the fabric as you um, cut the garment. So you might do it by uh, kind of as your, um, if you've got your pattern and then looking at the fabric that you're wasting and, and what you would do with that um, and you can also do it by draping so you might take the fabric and use all of that to 
drape on the mannequin. So then you're seeing that there's zero waste there. Um, and what I would say is, although I think zero waste is great, I love the challenge of it. I would also say that I think for something to be sustainable, you want you don't want to affect the design or the fit if those are important to to what you're making. So if I'm not using all the fabric, then um, it's because I think that that I'm achieving kind of the best design without doing that. Um, and maybe I don't want to compromise on the fit in that instance, but I will use the fabric for something else. So I think that's really great to know because it's quite difficult to, to sometimes use all of the fabric within one garment, but you can use the scraps and you can um, always try and lay things out and, and make sure that you're using as little waste as possible. But then I take the scraps and maybe I'll put them into a new garment. Um, so with the bigger pieces, I'll kind of separate those and keep those um, for smaller projects. Um, maybe I'm gonna like patchwork them together or maybe it's just like pulling uh, kind of like a, a small print here to go with a different fabric that I'm working with. Um, but then the smaller pieces, I'll also keep those and they can be combined and used. For example, my next project is going to be a footstool because I know I have quite a lot of scraps in my studio and I can actually use those to stuff the footstool with. So I'll use the scraps to make the outer, but also inside. So you can really get creative with zero waste and, and you don't have to know a lot technically to be able to do it. You just have to look at the fabric and, and think of it as a challenge and think what you can do with it. Absolutely. And, and children, you can use your scraps to put in your sketchbooks. You can use them for sampling when you're doing little sampling. You can use yeah. them for, uh, when you're doing twirl making because there's no need in the world. No, no, no reason in the world why you should just need to use calico these days. It's, you know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I know that how I know how mindful Alice is of this, having worked with her. And then, then yeah, I think it's a good challenge. I mean, I'm butting in. I'm asking, just nightmare. Right. No problem. Okay, here we go. So um, we are now on to question five. Are you sustainable in what you wear? And this is Julia, who's now 12. You may remember Julia as well. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I saw lots of names and recognised them, which was nice. Um, so I'm sustainable in what I wear by, um, I've, kind of pledged to try and not buy anything new um I think I've been doing that for about a year and a half maybe two years now um I do buy new shoes and underwear um and I think I just try to be as sustainable as possible in buying those um but in terms of the clothes that I wear I'll always go to um charity shops or secondhand stores um try and do charity shops as much as possible and shop from those and I think it's really great if you can sew and you can try and um you can always like amend them or you can upcycle them into something else so again I kind of like the challenge of finding something and maybe there's something I love about a garment but it doesn't fit quite right and you can kind of fix that um and then also I try and make my own clothes as much as possible yeah but one thing I would say with that is you need to be mindful about the fabrics that you're using and um although 
it's great because you know where it's been made you know ethically it's been made well it's not been made um yeah kind of unethically um but also there's ways that you can kind of be more sustainable in your fabric shopping um whether it's looking at the fabric contents and kind of reading up on that um but one of the main things that i do there's a great shop actually in sydney which is uh it's all reclaimed fabric so the fabric's all been donated and it's basically a charity shop for fabric so you can you can shop there your money's going to a charity but also you're using fabrics which people have just had left over maybe they they've had a little bit left over some of them are huge rolls or that maybe they haven't used so in that sense um I kind of know that yeah I'm, I'm not creating more um waste and I'm kind of using something that's been reclaimed um yeah Charity shops often have fabrics in them and you can look out for those or there's um, places that sell dead stock and um, there's, yeah, Craft House in London, I think it's called, and uh, Gold Talk Road, some of them are dead stock or uh, end of rolls, so. Yes, yeah, 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 no, Gold Talk Road is fantastic when it's not locked down. Um, we're really lucky that we're m working mostly with fabrics that have been donated by designers now. Yeah, amazing, amazing fabrics. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> What's great about you, Alice, is you wear you 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 promote the clothes by wearing them. Um, what am I trying to say? On Instagram, things like that. So it just looks really authentic. Well, it doesn't look authentic. It is authentic. You are standing by the designs that you make because you're wearing them and you're saying to other people, I can help you make something just like this, which um, I just think is so wonderful. If you think about how much you, you know, you, you, you're wearing them yourself, you're, you know, it, it's so much more sustainable to do it your way, I think. And, and I think more people need to, the more of you we have, the better, I think, in the world, just to enable people. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to know when you're shopping where where like your clothes where the fabric's coming from yeah. where it's being made so it's really important to think about that and the more local you can shop as well if you do want to buy something new think about going to like yeah more independent store and maybe there's a bit of a story behind it as well and and it's a bit more interesting to kind of know where your clothes are coming from yeah absolutely and, and there's that mad thing isn't there was a trend at the moment where you can go to a high street store to get something that looks like it's been upcycled yeah, I mean, how mental, just do it yourself. Mental it's is that? Yeah, yeah. Going into you know a brand store by patchwork. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm not talking creative patchwork. I'm just talking, yeah, just. Oh, anyway, right. We're on for advice. So yeah. this section is where children ask you for advice, um, and uh, this is always really, really helpful because it always brings up things that we wouldn't have expected. So the first one is, um, and this is really great, and it's quite interesting because it's from a girl called Elise, who is 14, and um, this has been answered before, but I think you will have a really great take on this. So um, it's from Elise, and it's, she says, I'm not very arty, but I love fashion. I'm quite good at maths, sciences, and computers. What sorts of jobs are out there for me? Yeah, so, yeah, I did hear, um, I think it was the first episode, you kind of answered that there, there are lots of jobs. I would say this is me. So that's kind of why I'm super interested in this question. I definitely felt like I wasn't, like typically good at art um I maybe used to feel like I wasn't that good at being creative um 
but I was good at maths and science and computers and I kind of was drawn to these creative things so um, there's a lot of jobs out there um, especially if you love fashion then I think that's great like keep at that keep passionate keep kind of researching um, and keeping up to date with what's happening um, I'd say being a pattern maker is one of them pattern cutter um, is perfect for those skills especially um, so I'm a, a manual pattern cutter um, which means I do it with paper but a lot of it is digital now so um, and especially as yeah as you get older more and more is going to be digital so if you're great at computers um, then that's definitely something to look into it's quite technical and it's kind of good to use all those skills um, and I just say like don't be put off that you're if you feel like you're not arty um, I think everyone is creative and it's just about exploring that and feeling comfortable to explore that. And actually a lot of the things that you do because you're not kind of typically arty um, are going to be more interesting. Maybe your research. So before you do any project, you're going to want research and you're going to want designs and things to kind of um, influence that. Maybe your research is going to be something that's to do with science and everyone else might be looking at fashion so I would just say just stick with what you you enjoy and what you're interested in and draw on that and you can definitely um yeah you can definitely kind of pull on your creative side and your arty side and do it in a different way I know I found that when I was at um uni I I was so terrified that I couldn't draw and I was like oh, how am I going to do this yeah. as much as it is important to to keep drawing keep practicing there's also different ways that you can express your designs you can do collages you can uh, kind of trace certain parts add elements and you might find that you're coming up with something way more interesting because you're doing it in a different way so yes absolutely and it's um it is really important children to remember there is always more than one process and quite often it doesn't start with a, a pencil on a piece of paper or it doesn't yeah. that's not the major part in it so um and also Elise uh, just thinking about what you're saying are there any jobs out there for me um I just went online earlier on and just looked for jobs that are out there for so that you guys get an idea of of what's available if you've graduated this year etc and all the yeah. jobs are things like technical designer, brand strategist, technology skills, lots of digital CAD, account executives, uh, market researcher, um, obviously pattern cutter and um, graders as well. Maybe we should tell them about grading as well. We forgot about that one. Um, and uh, quality assurance. Uh, by this production manager, it goes on and on. And these, yeah. this, this is, these are the roles that are needed in fashion. There are vacancies there. So if you're not arty or, you know, and or in the traditional sense, because, you know, I think everybody is creative in their own yeah. way. There is so much for you out there. There really is. Um, and it's, it's an exciting world. So uh, Alice, would you just be able to talk about grading just very quickly yeah so usually um as pattern cutters you might work with a sample size so we might choose one size depending on the company it varies um and then from that size usually you'll kind of do your design um 
your design fittings and your um, fittings where you're looking at fit issues and things on on a certain size and then from there you have to get your um, your size range for your collection so a grader would take that pattern and they you can do it manually but you definitely don't want to be doing it manually if you're not doing it for yourself um so you would do that on a computer and um yeah nowadays you're probably actually if there's people working on computers they might be sending over their sample size over to the grader and the grader it's a it's a very specific job just in itself just to get those other sizes and your body changes in uh different ways it grows and as it gets like the smaller sizes um so it's very technical to kind of know how the body grows and and moves and making sure that you're fitting all of those sizes and they're they're kind of yeah good for each size rather than just scaling it up it's yeah it's not just a matter of drawing a bigger outline each time either it's yeah (laughs) and you have you know at certain parts of the body where the difference is actually quite small and other parts where it's a lot longer so um, yeah thank god you can do it on a computer because yeah. that was an awful thing to have stuff well, like me yeah so um uh, that that's grading for you and then we have a um a really lovely um last question um which is so appropriate and it's question 21 and it's by claudia and she's 14 how important is pattern cutting and what types are out there I've not just ruined this by bringing a whole issue of grading instead of question before. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I would say that pattern cutting is really important. Um, you definitely, even if you're not a pattern cutter, if you're a designer, especially if you want to go into design, um, I think the the more you know about the technical aspect of making clothes then the better you'll be whatever kind of role you're in within um, within fashion. So if you are in production, then you're going to need to know about pattern cutting to a certain extent because you're going to be involved in taking the patterns from the sample stage into production. Um, if you're a designer, then definitely it stands out. The designers that I know that I've worked with that are more technical, yeah. the quicker the more technical they are, the quicker that we together can get to that final stage. And also the more they can communicate. So if you have no idea how um, how clothes are put together, but you've got lots of designs and, and maybe I'm going to come back to you and say, how are we going to get into this garment? How are we going to move in this garment? Um, how, what finishings do you want in your garment? So all of these are really important even if you don't want to do pattern cutting um and there's lots of different types so um like I was saying there's digital pattern making and there's manual so manual you'll be doing it with paper um and you'll be doing it by hand and digital obviously on the computer um and there's uh, all sorts of softwares now so um there's Gerber and Lectra um and StyleCAD so there's lots of different softwares that you can use um, and there's a newer one called Clo3D which I think if you're on Instagram just type in the hashtag Clo3D I think it should come up um, and you can see all these amazing things which people have pattern cut on the computer and with this particular software 
you can actually take that pattern so you've got it digitally on the screen and you can actually take it and you can sew up the seams digitally and put it onto a garment uh, onto a person sorry so you can be making a small adjustment on the computer and then you can actually see that change on a person and you can get them to move so it's amazing kind of what software um, is out there and kind of what will be happening with that um, but also within pattern making there's different types so you've got flat pattern making which is um, kind of when you're using yeah paper and you're maybe drafting it out it's more about the measurements and um, kind of yeah looking at the lines on the page and then you've got draping which would be just taking fabric and putting it on a mannequin or maybe on a body. Um, you can do it on a friend if you want to, just be careful with the pins. And um, you're kind of manipulating the fabric in that sense. And then to get even more technical, there's kind of different, um, there's more experimental pattern making as well. So um, there's creative pattern making, um, and you've got things like subtraction pattern making, which is, I think, Julian Roberts. And he works in a way where he takes your, the pattern that maybe usually I'd be using to cut out and, and make my garment. And he actually takes that and takes it away from the fabric and works with what's left in the fabric. So you're kind of using that negative space, sewing up the seams um, kind of backwards. And then you're using the rest of the fabric so you never really know exactly what you're going to get so it's really experimental and you can create some really beautiful things kind of by placing it in a different way um, and another one to note which you can search is TR cutting um, which is by Shingo Sato and um, I think I pronounced that right and uh, it's kind of more like folding and twisting the fabric it's hard to explain so yeah search it but you're kind of using a base and using a shape but you're kind of folding it um, and twisting it within that so again you're kind of being experimental with the fabric and the excess fabric you've got yeah absolutely I would say to you all, um, do look up. I think the easiest call for you guys is to look them up on Instagram. So yeah. if you want to look up uh, Julian, uh, if you look up subtraction pattern cutting, he'll come up and then you can also see how people have adapted it. And it's a really great, it sounds like the most complex thing in the world, doesn't it? But actually, yeah. it's really, really easy. But um, nobody believes us until they they try yeah. it. a really great way to get great results and the other good thing is if you're in lockdown or whatever you can kind of do it from a single duvet really can't you an old yeah duvet. um and you think mm. but actually no it really works and i think if you know let's experimentation is so important you don't know where it's going to take you and that's a really good framework to work within um yeah would you just explain to the children about there's things that we kind of say all the time and we forget like yeah is a block and and like pattern cutting instruments you know yeah so a block pattern is um let me think. So it would be the base that you're going to work with. So it means it's got no style to it. It's just maybe you've perfected it to get a good fit um, or that might have already happened and you can you can buy blocks or you can draft your own blocks. Um, and then from that block, we would then add the style to it. So it's great to kind of know that you've got the proportions right and you've got the fit right and then you can add your styles to that. Um, and also you can 
So you've got your kind of typical blocks, which are maybe um, a bit more fitted, but you can also kind of work with um, maybe you've got a key T-shirt that is your go-to style and then you'll add like your go-to kind of fit and aesthetic and then you'll add your um, style or your design or your details to it and that could be the same maybe some designers might always say oh this is kind of like a dress that is key to our collections but we always mix it up in a different way uh, and then you've got pattern making tools so you've got things like a, a pattern master which is um, kind of like a straight ruler and it's also got curves on it as well um, Anything else that you can think of? I'm trying to think what... The tracing wheel as well, because sometimes you need to go through to the paper underneath, and it's especially if you're adapting something of your own, you can get yeah. tracing wheels really cheaply. Um, I would, if you buy a tracing wheel, and I'm trying to think of ways not to do a tracing wheel, you could actually do it with a pin, but I think you might get yeah. a little bit lost in that when you're starting. If you get yourself a, a, a tracing wheel of a relatively good quality, you can buy some real cheap rubbish on the internet that will last yeah. you for i think i've still got my trace has gone rusty but it's still yeah gone. i mean this is back from the you know early 80s and then there's also um in terms of that so you it will also when you're doing a pattern it always makes sense to do a pattern with the the sharpest most visible pencil you can really doesn't it? yeah if you've got a big say like a sharpie you're kind of adding a third of a centimeter all the way round. you know what I mean so it's just uh just little rules uh the other thing yeah if you've got mechanical pencils they're oh, they're yeah. really great for that absolutely yes a refillable one rather than buying those plastic ones like we know I, I have in the past um and yeah. then also you don't need um professional pattern cutting paper you don't no. have to have spot and cross this is obviously I can't speak when you're in the industry but I can speak when you're doing this at home as children and you can use newspaper old wrapping paper wallpaper old wallpaper anything yeah is paper and you we I don't think there is anybody in the world involved in design and pattern cutting who hasn't done that at some point you know exactly it, you know use what you have rather than buy new so um yeah so, yeah definitely I think you can get like you can start pattern making with the the simplest of tools even just with a straight ruler if you've got one that's clear that's great because often you've got marks on it but you can you can do it with the very basics and um and like Caroline was saying the more like the things you do buy they'll last you a long time so it's it's not that expensive actually to like operate as a pattern maker no not at all absolutely and um you know it's just to remember this children that you know that these will enable you to create your designs i think sometimes we make a mistake of thinking there's the design and there's the pattern making and actually it's it's a lot more involved isn't it it's a it's a lot more holistic you know you yeah do your your illustration on paper and then go on to do your pattern so you are going from one to the other all the time and then there's creative pattern cutting draping you know yeah. there's so many aspects of it and i know that you know um alice and i are talking about things and somebody will be listening to this going you forgot to say and yeah um, oh yeah there's definitely you, more <laughs> and if you forgot to say get in touch let's interview let's talk about this so we can get the interview the the message out to the children yeah 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 actually one thing i would say is that um there's also zero waste pattern making as we were talking about before but also there's 
you don't just have to be draping or flat pattern making you can definitely go between the two and I find my best works when I go between the two so um, some people are just really skilled at draping they've got a really eye for 3D and um, they'll just go straight to the stand so that's how they prefer to work um, because I'm kind of more technical um, I love draping but I will kind of get some of the basics down on the fabric so I might draw them onto the fabric and then I'll put that on the stand and I'll play with that and I find that when you are draping you're coming up with new ideas you're maybe you're making mistakes and from that you're kind of getting great things so um, yeah I, I wouldn't stick to one and also one thing that I was really encouraged at uni which I think was really important was to just say that you shouldn't be necessarily say one is like one way is the right way um you definitely need to just find what's good for you my first ever pattern cutting lesson we learned to pattern cut a potato and the idea was that you um you wrapped it up in masking tape and we drew all the lines on and we, and we cut it out and we learned to make a pattern from that and from that we learned that you can make the shape of anything and that was really important before we learn any of the rules or um yeah kind of technical aspects of it was just to learn that you can make any shape that you want and um getting creative with it is is a lot better and I definitely wouldn't say that there are rules there's definitely things to follow there's things that help when you're looking at fit but um I always tell people when I'm teaching them just to the only rule is your pattern needs to be flat on the paper and um that's it really you can you can experiment your own way and do it your own way yeah and there are lots of things that you'll learn about putting on the straight grain you'll learn about notches uh yeah earlier and and notches and a lot of machinists don't really work with pins and they they go by the notches so and there's a little marks on your on the on the fabric that's been transferred from the pattern so that people know exactly where that goes on the other one so yeah uh, that's that's really important too and i think what you've brought up is a really good point about doing a potato <laughs> but, we were so confused why we've been asked to bring a potato <laughs> <laughs> um and um but you know excellent excellent idea get you to think outside the box and if you're thinking oh, i quite fancy doing a bit of pattern cutting it sounds really interesting but i don't know where to start and um I would start even like doing things like doing um, creating a pattern to go around um, a, a, like a bottle holder, really simple things at first. It doesn't have to be a garment at all. It can be yeah. a cover, a soft a, a cover to put your book inside or something like that, so that you are kind of getting used to the process. Obviously, it's a lot more simple, but that's kind of the point. So don't feel you can only pattern cut a design that you've made, and the idea of going from flat to drape to whatever or whatever structure and then drape from that which is actually really useful um there are so many different ways to it the only thing i would say don't do is ever think that you pattern cutting will have no part in your creative process if you want to go down one of the creative avenues you once you get your pattern cutting i was like i think we all know i failed my maths but um pattern cutting first of all I saw purely as a technical exercise and because of that I was scared of it and it affected my designing because I thought oh I can't really do oh god that's a bit complex and it was when I kind of really bit the bullet 
that then my design, the design aspect really improved and I really understood. And I think creative pattern cutting can be as creative as any part of uh, yeah. construction, you know, if not the most creative aspect. So don't be scared of it and don't ever think yeah, you don't need to know about it. Otherwise, if you did ever become a successful um, designer, your pattern cutters could um, rip you off. Absolutely. And you deserved it because you didn't know. I'm not suggesting that pattern cutters would rip yeah. you off, but don't be ignorant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I think that's kind of at our end now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I really, really hope that's helped you children get an idea about pattern cutting. Alice is so great at explaining things. Um, we'll be having more podcasts with other aspects too, but uh, I think Alice is, uh, and I know from the students how well she teaches it. So um, if you're an adult and you're listening to this, do look Alice up if you're interested in going into learning to sew and um, pattern cutting, because she's, oh, she may be in Australia, but you can join in on any time. And uh, it's called Unpicked Studio. And, uh, you know, and I hope that, well, just have a look at what she does, because I think she's absolutely super. So thank you, Alice. Thanks, thank Thanks you. for having me. I know. I wasn't a plug gang. I really do believe. <laughs> 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 and everybody.